Good morning. Some of you will have read the book Animal Farm by George Orwell. Perhaps the most endearing character in the book is the huge, very strong, kind-hearted but simple-minded cart horse called Boxer who believes that the maxim, I must work harder, is the answer to all the problems that come his way. Our sermon today is entitled A Community for the Other or A Community of Love. A community that looks outwards to serve others, not just ourselves. As our Philippians reading tells us, not just to look to our, our, our own interests, but to the interests of others. It's, it is the last in our series, What is Church? How are we to do this? How are we to pour ourselves out and to serve others in our street, our community, our place of work and beyond? following the example of Jesus. I know there are some very wonderful things that some of you are already doing to reach out to others and this surely gladdens the Lord's heart. Be encouraged. God is a God of encouragement, not discouragement. Yet so often as a church, both locally and more widely, we still sadly been a poor reflection of what God had in mind about love poured out. Perhaps more like a dimly burning wick, with wicks sometimes rather than a bright beacon of light shining forth. So often the answer given over the years to this need to be a brighter light in the community has seemingly been, at least heard by me, the same as that of Boxer. I, or we, must work harder. Indeed, there may be some of us who have had extra time this year, who may have drifted a bit and perhaps become a little lazy and perhaps we do need to work harder to spend more time with others, with, we've got, with the Lord and reaching out to others. Yet for others here who have had to work extra hard this year and for, for whom your fuel tank may already be rather low as it were, being advised to work harder is hardly appropriate. By encouraging more and more and more activism, pushing and pushing ourselves out of a sense of duty, we could easily in the end become burnt out. A Dutch friend of mine, however, often used to say to her husband before he preached, keep it simple. After all, she said, it is a simple message that Jesus preached to love God with all our heart, our soul and our mind and our neighbour as ourselves. In the beginning before the fall, Adam and Eve were totally in and fully in adoration of God and so excited by God and so passionate about God. They were in perfect relationship with God and this love for others would have automatically spilled out into love for others. But then the, there was the fall and all sorts of sin crept in. Selfishness and pride and enmity, strife, bitterness, unforgiveness and immorality to name a few. Sin meant that love for God and love for others was very seriously compromised. Yet in this wonderful passage from Philippians, you may like to follow it, follow it 
Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 to 11, we see how God sent Jesus to bring restoration, to bring us back to the fullness of loving God so very much. And this love, once again, bubbling over to others quite naturally. We read in verse 6 that Jesus was in the form of God. So he was always with the Father. So he had a quality with God. He was and is as great and awesome and wonderful as the Father. Yet he so loved the Father and humankind that he was obedient to the Father. And he didn't see that a quality with God was something to be grasped at, to be non to be demanded as a right. He didn't say, I must remain as God in heaven. Instead, he had a mind set on service and in humility, he counted our interests before his own, so much so that he left the holy presence of his father to be born into a broken world, into poverty and vulnerability, to live amongst ordinary people and to be obedient to the father to the point of death and the most horrific death crucifixion the ultimate public statement by Rome that the crucified person is a complete outcast a complete reject we cannot imagine what physical pain there was or even worse what spiritual pain there was for Jesus as he hung there separated from his father on the cross as he t and as he took the sins uh, of the world upon himself. But then wonderfully rising again to give us a way back to the Father. We need to keep looking at Jesus. This is what love poured out really looks like. Let's not be dulled to what Jesus did for us. Some of you will have read a book called through Gates of Splendour, which is written by the young widow of a man called Jim Elliot. Jim and four other young American men in the 1950s had such a passionate love for God and such an overwhelming desire to make him known that they risked their lives to try to bring their, the gospel to the Shirani peoples who live in a remote part of the Ecuadorian Amazon and these Shirani people were well known for their violent ways. Sadly, in January 1956, all five men were attacked and speared by a group of Shirani warriors, and not one of them survived. These men had everything to live for. They were all aged between 27 and 32, all had wives, and most of them had young children. Like Jesus in our Gospel reading, they would have preferred not to die. But they faced that possibility with joy. Indeed, indeed Jim Elliot seemed to know that his life might be short, as he wrote, I seek not a long life, but a full one, like you, Lord Jesus. Yet the story doesn't end there, as the men lay dying in a river, the warriors saw a whole large group of what they thought was a group of people singing beautiful songs. But, but of course there was no one else there in that very remote part of the Amazon. It was a whole host of angels 
welcoming the men into heaven. And subsequently to that, with some of the wives staying out in Ecuador and other missionaries joining them, so many of the Shirani peoples became committed Christians. Praise God. So like Jesus, these men gave up their lives so that other people who they didn't even know might have eternal life. Amazing. And we can go on praying for the many Christians in other countries who still today risk and sometimes lose their lives for the gospel. Yet the reality is that at least in this country, we are, not we are probably not being asked to die right now to die for our faith. However, we are not entirely let off the hook as it were, as Jesus calls us to die to self, especially to die to our self-centered ways. Jesus is calling us to be sold out to him, whatever the cost, not to be complacent, lukewarm Christians, but loving God and others wholeheartedly. Most of us know we are not nearly there yet. We have already talked about humility in this series, and in the Luke passage we see Jesus' humility, humility asking the Father for help to go through with his death on the cross. So how much more do we need to be crying out to the Lord, Lord, I need your help. I'm so much not there, Lord. Fill me, Lord, with so much love for you that flows over in compassion and love for others. And we keep coming back to the same thing in this series. It starts with us. It may sound repetitive. It is because it is what God, it, what God is saying to us. It is God's word for this time. If Jesus didn't grasp anything, not even the right to remain in heaven, we also need to hold on to all things lightly, apart from faith itself. What is God asking you or me to let go of? Where are you or I to be obedient? It may be giving up time frittered away on other things, which takes away time caring for others. Maybe we need to give up some negative attitude, which also gets in the way of effective care. Maybe some of us are unconsciously grasping onto the group of folk we know in the church community as a kind of security blanket rather than making the effort to get to know those on the fringe and outside of the church fellowship. Maybe we are clinging onto a reputation. Alternatively, maybe God is calling you to give something good up as he has other plans. Jim Elliot also wrote, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. All of God's gifts in this world are temporary apart from God's love for us. So why do we try to hold on so tightly when God's renewing never-ending love is being offered to us. Jesus was the most incredible servant and this service always started with prayer. Are we praying regularly for those we know and meet? 
it's relatively easy to pray for our family and close friends, but are you continuing to pray more widely? Prayer is service. Prayer often will also prompt us to action, not frenzied action, but led by the Spirit, and including, hopefully, a willingness to do the lowly jobs that no one else wishes to do, a service to others. Jesus also embraced change. The first plan by Adam failed, so God created a new plan, sending Jesus. Are we willing to embrace change? Amber said a few weeks ago that the way youth work has to be done must change. After COVID, after COVID restrictions fully ease, we can't go back to how things were. We need to urgently be praying for wisdom for those leading youth work in our own church and elsewhere for such wisdom as to how to get alongside young people and families in the best way. At the moment, it all may seem a bit like a cloud of unknowing, uh, really just one step at a time, but for a long-term vision, but for long-term vision to emerge as well. I believe that those of us who are older also need to embrace change. My daughter has a nickname for me. The name is Biddy. I don't care for this name very much and I didn't expect to get it so soon. I'm called this partly because I'm very slow in understanding and recalling how machines and gadgets work and I always have been. I probably won't change much there. In addition, how in addition, however, right through lockdown, down and beyond, whenever I would say something that was less than gracious, less than patient, or slightly cynical and negative, this ringing word would peel out, Biddy. So I would have to think about it and see whether the challenge was right or not, which so often it was. Many of us are living in retirement or semi-retirement so much longer than in the past and often in good health. And so there is this gold mine of a resource that needs to be dug up, needs to be excavated more deeply and used anew. God wants to raise up an army of older folk who maybe have more time to hand than others to serve other people with a fresh anointing. But we may have to give up some of our smaller dreams first. We may, we may also, dare I say it, need to give up some of our biddy, jaded attitudes, attitudes perhaps that too easily moan or criticise or get annoyed or give up our general complacency that can so often get in the way of loving God and others. This can be true for any of us at any age, of course, and we need to also avoid or quickly work through any inner tensions on minor matters amongst us that can stop us looking outwards. But especially for older folk, God would say not retirement, but refinement. Not retirement, but refinement. God calls us to be refined, be refired for God through purification in God's refining fire. As you can read in Proverbs 17, the crucible for silver 
and the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the heart. We need the vision and enthusiasm of youth combined with the wisdom that sometimes comes with the years, so that together, hand in hand, we can serve others, looking outwards. Right now, it may seem difficult because so many things folk were involved in simply aren't happening at the moment. At the moment, but once again, we may only see the next step or two. The long-term vision is still to come, but God is wanting to prepare us. And if you are somewhere in the middle, neither so young or older, maybe working long hours juggling, work and family and other concerns, we must pray a fresh anointing on you too, so that you can be alongside those you are already working with every day. And we pray this fresh anointing too for those of you at school and at uni. And so we can all, as again we read in Philippians, be of the same mind, the same love, counting others before ourselves and looking outwards towards others, not just inwards towards ourselves. So we have come to the end of our six-week six series on what is church, but really, of course, it is just the beginning or a new beginning of how we are to understand and be church. There are many changes to come, but the amazing love of the Father and the Son that we can go on knowing through the power of the Holy Spirit remains unchanged. Let's be so hungry to know more of this great love and pass it on to others.